ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Dishyelta to Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Yo, 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 yo! I, of course, am your host, Charles, and I'm joined once again by the prolific comer himself, Zilios. How goes it, Mr. Good Alt Confusion of the Trolley? I'm not exactly sure. You're not sure, but if you're not sure, then who exactly would know? Is there somebody I can call to be like, yeah, how is the Charlie doing? Because Charlie doesn't know how the Charlie doing. All right, let me explain the, the Thursday Hangout, and then I'll, 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 I'll give you the heads up. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is the Thursday Night Hangout. This is a show, a weekly live show, where we try our best to cover the topics most important to you during the show. Now, of course, if you haven't had your chance to add your question or your topic, uh, you could do so at any time during the show by dropping it in the chat. Now, if we unfortunately run out of time and we do not cover your topic, that one will be pushed to the top of the list for the very next show. Also, that being said, if you have opinions or thoughts on any of the topics that we do uh, bring up in the show, we highly recommend that you voice them in the chat so we can make you a part of the show. We want you. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be totally honest with you. My brain is not all there uh, today. Um, Did you forget it on the bed again? No. Uh, so yesterday... Did your child eat it? No. Uh, yesterday evening, I think. See, I've lost track of days. Uh, yesterday evening, I got a phone call that um, that my grandfather passed. So Aww. I'm not 100% here right now. Well, I'm sorry, yo. I will. I, 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 would, I would take a drink, but I already did. Just one? Before the show. Ah, oh, there you go. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into it. And the first thing is, I swear to God, there was a topic talking about something in New World that's pissing off a lot of people. But I, something about territories. But now I can't find the damn story anywhere. Well, I mean, there was, I mean, yeah, there's territories. And basically, the deal with territories. So most MMOs, well, actually, like every MMO I've played, is... You might have territory, but it doesn't really necessarily affect a whole lot in terms of your actual gameplay. Mm -hmm. But the big thing that territory can really affect is travel cost. And what that means is, is basically have this special currency called Azoth that you collect, which annoyingly caps at a thousand. And so what happens is, is when you do fast travel, you spend Azoth on to basically fast travel. And the key is, is when you travel, it's based on two, three things. One, distance. Two, total weight of your bags of what is currently on your person at the time. And then the third is territory standing. So the first one you have no control over. I mean, you're going someplace at a distance, you're going a distance. The second one, you can put stuff in your stash or warehouse. The one thing that ticks people off about that is, in theory, it probably should be based off of percentage of bag space and not total bag space. Because it basically um, punishes you for having bigger bags is really what it does. Hooray! You're going to carry more stuff. Um, I mean, we're talking like triple and quadruple the cost, not just a fraction, depending on how much you're carrying. It's a very significant cost. 
Um, and then the third is territory standing. And so basically if your um, company owns all the faction territory throughout the entire game of your server, your travel costs is going to be pretty cheap. But as other companies and other territories are owned by other factions, it's going to significantly increase your cost of travel. Those bastards. Um, now, the bigger bug right now is currently if you put something for sale in the auction house and it sells, you don't get that money. No. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's just a teensy tiny itty, little that, bitty bug. When there, where, yeah. what was, what did we talk about? Was a new world last week where there was like a, um, a uh, money exploit, like yeah, if you did so, between uh, realm uh, financial transactions, you could like double your stuff. Yeah, so you know some of those bugs coming out of the game. I mean, I think the money one had been there. It was just the exploit was found, um, but the auction house was definitely introduced by the most recent patch. Um, now, according to Amazon Game Services update. Mm-hmm. supposedly if you put it for like at that sale, if you did not make money or you did not get your money, I should say, then they'll have the logs of who did not get it and you'll eventually get your money. So in theory, you'll end up with it. The gotcha. problem with the auction house though, is there's not really a good log. So keeping track of what you sold and how much you made in the auction house is miserable. Um, because like, You'll be in game, and all of a sudden you'll see a little thing like you made five gold. It's like, huh? What? Where'd that come from? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Oh, apparently, I mean, this was a couple of weeks ago, but apparently there was an exploit to um, to gain territory. Huh? I don't know that one. Uh, basically, let's see here. Um, something to do with. Oh shoot. Falsely reporting mass, uh, falsely mass reporting opponents to get banned, which then I guess in turn, uh, I guess because the the territory you gain territory through like massive PvP battles. I mean, I guess that's kind of any PvP game trying to game the social system. Yeah, the uh, other one I've read about too is um, so there's an ice gauntlet weapon, mm-hmm. and basically you can spam a special certain attack which basically crushes anybody's GPU and brings the game to a stutter standstill and can even crash a player out. Um, so what companies will do is they'll basically, everybody equips that and uses that ability and basically crashes out anybody in PVP outside of themselves. Um, Those son of so bitches. Yeah. Um, you know, all's fair in love and PVP, right? Any advantage you can get. Speaking of uh, exploits uh, and and um, shit being uh, uber duper bad, um, this one's not new world. Okay, we're 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 gonna move on to another uh, online game, and that of course is Destiny Two. Oh yes. And there is a a min max glitch that was kind of whispered about but someone finally did the official post and now everyone is going holy shit i gotta try this and of course um <laughs> a bungee's are coming out and said do not do this oh, bad idea. Bad we idea. will ban your ass so yeah. 
here is, okay. I'm going to try to... So basically what it does, it gives the player infinite orbs and a host of other advantages. Nice. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find out exactly how it is. I, I'm First of all, I am not... Um, I'm not saying you should do this because, of course, you'll get your ass banned. You're not advertising me going and no. glitching off the game, you bastard. So basically, if you, it, it's all about playing Destiny 2 on your PC in windowed mode and then holding your cursor over the minimized screen icon at the top right corner. When players hold it for at least five seconds, then release it, then hold it again to initiate some frame rate issues, it triggers a glitch. Nice. So if you do it right before uh, popping a Titan's button, a bubble, or Warlock's Well of Radiance, uh, you'll spawn a shit ton of orbs. <laughs> nice. And of course, you could also use it to, like, um, uh, you apparently you can also use the min-max uh, glitch to extend countdown timers. Yeah. No, it's, I mean... Yeah, I think there's what I think there's like a difference between a game like New World with the introducing game breaking bugs like you don't get money from the auction house in a game like Destiny 2 where it, over time you're going to inevitably unfortunately get those kind of exploits. Um and I think there's gamers tend to have a little bit more I feel like grace or like forgiving of games that have kind of been out for a while of already versus a brand new game, people seem much more likely to be like, this is the worst game ever. Well, Even I mean, we're, really we're, they're kind of the same type of bugs. Right. Well, I, the thing is, once again, it's, it's all about, is this an established franchise? Yeah. Because if it isn't, if it's supposed to be that shiny and new, it's going to be different. And then it comes out buggy as hell. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, then, Shit's gonna hit the fan a lot. Uh, so you know, like New World. Uh, well, also if if you were expecting a uh, a huge patch to fix either Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven or Witcher three, the Hunt, I think is the the rest of it. Well, anyway, Witcher three. Uh, yeah. They have uh, announced that they're gonna be pushing back the next major patches until next year. So sorry, you have to continue to deal with your weird ass issues, which after playing the game, uh, playing Cyberpunk 2077 all the way through and then writing the review, I have not been back to the game. I don't know if if the glitches that I experienced are still there. I don't want to know. You know, I, I, I got my shit ton of hours out of the game and I'm I'm cool with that. I've I've moved What on. if they do like an expansion for it or a DLC? Would you be interested in coming back to the world? I don't know. To be honest with you, I think I'm I'm now s enough removed that I don't think that I'll be like, oh man, I gotta go back. See, that was always my problem, like with the Mass Effect DLCs, or even back in the day, the Dragon Age DLCs. I felt like, you know, you beat the campaign, mm -hmm. and then six months later, it's like, oh, shiny new DLC. But I think, kind of like you said, I'm far enough removed from it. Where for a to me a single player experience, once I've kind of beat that, I'm moving on to something else, and that's yeah. where for me DLC is for single unless like I get the you know version that already has the DLC. Okay, then I'll probably play it. But like if it's a version where I gotta wait for it because I bought it when it's new, 
I may never come back to it at that point. Right. I mean, the the thing is that I mean, this is uh, what Zealus is talking about is basically the uh, game of the year edition, uh, where they just kind of bundle all of the current DLCs and the game at a, a you know a slightly lesser price to basically reinvigorate uh, the uh, the gamer base. I I will say that in my many years of gaming, I have rarely gone back to a game when new DLC has come out. I have to Okay, let me let me preface that. If if I finish a game and then like maybe a couple weeks later new DLC comes out, it's still fresh in my mind, sure. But if it's like 3, 4, 5 months or a year down the road, I'm not coming back. Um, yeah. because I've played a bajillion more games. So one, uh, f- for those, you know, games that require Twitch skills, I've lost that ability for playing that game because every single game has, uh, some mechanics that you got to get used to in order to feel comfortable in and, and to excel at. Um, so like, you know, Borderlands and all that stuff. And any shooter, I'm probably not going to go back to it uh, if a DLC, a lot of DLC drops way after I've played. Uh, and yeah, then, of course, you know, if you're talking about like games, you put a bajillion out, you know, like 80 hours, 70 hours in, and then a, a DLC comes out, I don't know, four or five months down the road. I'm not coming back to it because I probably grinded all those like 70, 80 hours. And now the story is completely out the window. And I, and most games will not give you a uh, previously on this game type of thing. Yep. So. Yeah. You know, I know because we've kind of mentioned that a couple of times about like the idea of almost if you spend like a month away from the game, there's like a built-in recap system. Um, I mean, I know there's a couple of games on the Switch like Xenosaga Chronicles and Secret of Mana where I played, you know, probably 10 to 20 hours. But in those games, that's, as we know, for JRPGs, not a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of, I guess, at that stage of my life where I'm not really tend to investing more than, like, 30 hours in one gaming segment. I'm probably, that's why, for me, like, Scarlet, not, um, Scarlet Nexus. Yeah, thank you. Wow, Scarlet Nexus was, like, the perfect, like, size for me. Like, mm-hmm. it was just right. Mm-hmm. versus something like Secret of Mana or Xenosaga, which goes on forever. So I know I'm going to take a break, but then it's so daunting to know to come back. They're like, man, it took me 30 hours just to figure out how to like get through the damn tutorial. I'm not going to remember how to play the game. Um, so I think that's a struggle for me of some of those you know, bigger, heavier JRPGs is do I even want to try coming back to them knowing I forgot most of what happened or how to play the game. I I'm there with you. I I think that many, many years ago I was super duper into JRPGs because I really want to get that full immersion experience. And I also, I love games that allow me to grind so that I could be OP, which is overpowered (laughs) for the vast majority of the game. Uh, I do not like, I do not like those games where, once you've gone through an area, nothing spawns again. Mm-hmm. Bastards. I, yeah. I like I like uh, to run up the score, okay? But the thing is, and when I, like I said before, 
I put a shit ton of time in a game and then I'm not coming back to it. Uh, it's just, you know, the facts, which reminds me, I've got to write a review for Nino Kuni 2 and also a game called Eastward, which somehow by accident, I swear by accident, I grinded through the entire game in like two days. Weird ass game. Good game, but weird ass game. Is it a game you'd recommend good game? Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. It's, it's got RPG elements. It's a real-time action RPG, like, pix, like pixel, uh, I don't want to say, like, really pixelated, but, you know, it's got that more of that old-school, like, Super Nintendo feel to it. And it's got, it's got, like, at least 30 hours worth of gameplay. So it's a very interesting story. And I, there, I want to say that people want to equate it to, I want to say Earthbound or, or something like that, but I never mm. played that game or the, that series, so I can't relate to it. But all I could tell you is it was a good game. It was hard, uh, and it had a bunch of weird shit in it, but I enjoyed it from start to finish and was happy with the ending I got. Yay! Happy endings. That sometimes happens, right? Speaking of happy endings and, uh, this is uh, for those out there who are current patrons on our Patreon. You'll be getting a link to the latest early playthrough of a game called Roki, which I was very happy to see the end of. It was a phenomenal game. Uh, I highly recommend it. For those who are not patrons, if you just, you know, don't, if you just subscribe for $1 a month, which is $12 a year, or the $5 a month, or uh, $60 a year, you could have access to this and you can enjoy, I think the grand total of the, the episodes was much, I mean, of course it was much higher than the other, uh, game that I, that I had, which I need to switch in just a second or tomorrow. Um, let me just make sure here. I want to say that there was 26 episodes of the playthrough. So, I mean, it, it had some weight to it, but it was great. It was also nerve-wrackingly emotional. Hmm. I, will, I will tell you this. It is a story about a sister trying to find her brother who got abducted by some other world being. And that's all I'll tell you. Yes, we cannot have any other giveaways. Otherwise... You know, well, I mean, you can get the get you can you can easily achieve, you know, a little bit of the the hit hint wink wink if you become a patron. Then you could just watch the 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 playthrough. The magic of as soon as I actually hit publish, because for some reason, if you if all of your videos are in draft mode and then you do like a mass select and then you say make the visibility whatever, it just ignores it. Uh, it you have to get it out of draft mode, and then you could do a mass selection of of the visibility, which kind of sucks. But whatever. I'm Make sure. my life harder, damn it! Is that what we live for around here? Add all to confusion. How can we make the captain of the ship's life more difficult? Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's my freedom life. Okay, so let's talk about the next topic is all about Activision Blizzard. 
Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. Can I barf? Preferably after the show, Zelius, if, mm. if you could. So, as some of you may know, uh, they did officially cancel the BlizzCon 2022, which, of course, would be happening next year, which I think they had was oh, February. No. Uh, any BlizzCon event takes every single one of us to make happen, an entire company effort fueled by our desire to share what we create with the community we care about so much. At this time, we feel the energy it would take to put on a show like this is best directed towards supporting our teams and progressing development on our games and experiences. Additionally, we would also like to take the time to reimagine what a BlizzCon event of the future could look like. The first BlizzCon was held 16 years ago, and so much has changed in time in the time since, most notably the multiple ways in which players and communities can come together and feel like they are part of something bigger. Whatever the event looks like in the future, we also need to ensure that it feels as safe, welcoming, and inclusive as possible. We're committed to continually communicating with our players, and we see BlizzCon playing a big role in that going forward. We're excited about what we'll do with the event when we revisit it in the future. So, not really surprising. I mean, a lot of conventions are still uh, gun-shy on actually doing a convention. I know there's there's quite a few conventions out there that have done a virtual uh, element to it or just an entire virtual thing. But to be honest with you, and I've said this before, virtual convention versus the real convention, there is no comparison. I agree. My, the the thing is with with all the shit that's happening in this world, there's so much shit every single day. I love going to a convention where I'm at the convention where I can lock into the convention. I don't have to be like, oh, I'm at home. I have all this shit to do. By the way, there's a convention. I should probably check it out on Twitch or whatever, and then I forget about it. Um, you know, it didn't. It's. Not, not not to sound like a total asshole, but it's a lot easier to get out of family activities or obligations if you're physically at the convention. No, I know what you mean. It's a different physical mindset when you're there versus, and it's kind of like, the, like a lot of people who work from home, it's kind of the same idea. They say, create a separate office environment, separate from your you know, for play area. I know obviously not everyone can do that because of space constraints, but if you can, they do that. And it's kind of the same idea is to kind of separate where your mind's at, like in your work mode versus play mode or family mode. It's kind of the same idea where if a convention, like if you're at home, I mean, the reality is if you're home and you're trying to watch a convention, like anybody's kids, I get like, hey, let's go play outside. Uh, you know, it's that's just kind of how it is. That's how people are. Um, that's not that thing. That's just reality. So I, I agree that, you know, being there does give a different, you're there. You, you know, you can't be pulled away. Um, so I do think there's a bit of legitimacy on conventions to going to it. Uh, but I also feel like in a way, it's always been a cop out in terms of really not trying um, for conventions and really trying, not just putting on like a normal, do like, Hey, let's put up our tracks and just 
try to have people watch it, but it's maybe trying, maybe trying to be creative. Like that was the whole reason Facebook bought Oculus was to try to do these type of things virtually. I feel like conventions haven't really also tried to really go all in on a virtual convention and be like, hey, let's really make this shit work and see, maybe we got to be creative about it. You know, maybe we sponsor in cities, you know, get togethers at bars for people to get together. Or maybe we, I don't know. I just feel like there's not really been a really big, let's really see how can we make this work and kick ass and go all in. No, I mean, uh, that, that actually, in my opinion, that would actually be, an interesting concept. You have a massive convention where you have, I don't want to say like everywhere, but uh, like, you know, major city meetups to, you know, so let's say it's you, uh, you have a virtual PAX. Yeah. Uh, and so the main one's happening in Seattle, but they've also have these meetups in San Francisco, New York, Chicago, Atlanta, wherever, where you have these, designated areas where the locals can still hang out and get a little bit of that con experience. And then of course, you know, in the background, they could have the, uh, the panel, certain tracks or whatever. And then also this is a big, this is another thing that I think would be phenomenal was that you could also have the local, uh, you know, stores, retail, maybe set something up at those locations, you know, the, the comic book stores and the, the, the collectors and the the glass engravers and the whatever you know to allow for the the for there to be dealers because with not having a physical convention if you think not being able to attend is a kick in the nuts you got to think about those independent dealers who survive from convention to convention off the merchandise they sell well speaking of dealers though just look at um nerdburger con i know that's not what it's called um, Nurburger Con Alliance, right? Is that right? Wow. Yeah. I mean, they get, you got this really small indie outfit, and they can throw freaking online convention. But you know what it is? Is it's the love and labor of those people who are running those tracks, being super involved on Discord. I mean, they're communicating, you know, twenty four seven, getting people involved, being excited about it, instead of just being like, "Hey, we're doing a game Saturday at seven o'clock. Come check us out." Well, I, I think that it also, I think the other thing that, that benefits uh, NurburgerCon, because uh, they, they've done it now two times, or I should say Craig uh, has uh, coordinated, and of course, it, Craig doesn't do it alone, because he has a bunch of independent developers that have oh, yeah. a, pen, a pencil and paper table of top games that, that are basically being GM'd, uh, game mastered, or story, whatever you want to say. Someone yeah. is basically holding the reins to control the story. Uh, and I, I think for that, it, it works perfectly. When you get, you know, when you get more general fandom, I think that's really when the the virtual kind of breaks apart because you anyone who goes to a general convention, you have your specific likes and dislikes, the tracks you could be looking for and not. And, and of course, you are going to run into like-minded individuals and you may find out about additional stuff at the convention that you would have missed if not for this having this conversation with this person so that interaction i think helps the the in-person now that being said i i would love to have an in-person convention i would love yep. to but i want everyone to be safe 
You could go this weekend to AWA. AWA is in person. And to be honest yeah. with you, I hope everyone wears a hazmat suit over their <laughs> their cosplay. I'm sorry, but that we were at uh I was at last weekend was uh the Shake Shake Music Festival. How did that go? It was good. They were actually so in order to get in, um you either had to have the COVID vaccination card mm-hmm. and then the uh, or a negative test. And you had to also then have your official ID to go with it. Um, and they checked. Like, I didn't even think about it. I just gave them my vaccine card. They're like, where's your ID? Like, no. they weren't letting anybody in without verifying both pieces of information independently. They, they did uh, that at uh, the masquerade as well. When I yeah, went. so, I mean, it was good. It was... Um, the last band we saw, the Strokes were absolute. I mean, I know they're a big name band, but they were terrible. I mean, I'm pretty sure the lead singer was smashed or high or both. So it was bad. Um, the rest of the shows were great. Um, it was. It's one of those type of things where it's kind of funny. We're like the two, like they were the big one, and then Modest Mouse was the other big band. Modest Mouse music just doesn't really do it for me more than anything else. Um, do you do you remember the story uh, for those out there um, who know of the band Modest Mouse, which I hope everyone, I hope a lot of people do, because they have they're some, good, they're pretty good, some good bands. But apparently, at one of the band, at one of the concerts, the the lead singer kind of lost his mind a little bit and like busted a a glass bottle on stage, starts like carving into his chest, like what the fuck, what are you on? And please keep it away from me. But like a lot of probably concerts like that, like festivals. Mm-hmm. Some of the most entertaining shows are bands you've never heard of. And I feel like there's a little bit... Because you don't like, have any expectation. Yeah, well, it's kind of like the Strokes, right? Like, I think it's also when some of those bands get too big for their britches, and they feel like they can do whatever they want on stage. And they can just say, screw it all, and, you know, next weekend, Woodstock, Alaska, so who cares, right? Um, versus the um, one of the... the the, my favorite band I saw there is a band called the Michiganders, mm-hmm. and like they look like they're in high school still, but they crushed it. I mean, like in terms of crowd interaction, getting everyone to sing and clap and all that. But like they did that, and it was just obviously, you know, they're trying to make a name for themselves. Um, the other band we saw, who you would recognize, was OAR. Good lord, dude, they were rocking. They were they were fun. We I enjoyed them. Yeah. Um, but it was good music. It was it was fun. They um, it really didn't get like uncomfortably packed until like about six or seven o'clock. Um, before that, you could easily spread out. Um, it's one of those where like you know you could go like to the front and be like sandwiched into like as a sardine or just be in the back and be nice and socially distanced. I just when I went to when I went to the concert, the masquerade, I I literally just kind of chilled by the bar area. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't, I could have gone like, I could have kind of weaseled my way all the way to the stage if I really wanted to. But I was like, it's just, it, for me, it was a small enough venue that I was like, I will keep my distance and still, you know, scream all the lyrics till I can't say no more. And I was okay with that. Okay. So, um, okay. So, I'm trying to remember. Okay, so we talked about BlizzCon being canceled. BlizzCon 2022 being canceled for the time being. And I'm, uh, BlizzCon will come back in some sort of iteration. 
Uh, also, um, one of the humongous things at Blizzard is that we have a new name for McCree. And oh, that, yeah. of course, is Cole Cassidy, which, wow, okay, that's, okay. That's so ho-hum for me. I'm just like, wow. I mean, it's just, I feel like Cole Cassidy was that, that like walk-on punter at a college or something. I, I don't, I don't see badass six shooting bad guy. I was gonna say like a minor character in the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, I could. Yeah, like just a random like one-off character who you know probably gets shot by Clint Eastwood in the first scene because he walked in his way. No, no. Clint Eastwood takes pity on him and shoots him Ooh. in the leg, <laughs> so they no longer has to be a gunman. Uh, uh, uh you know, uh, a six gunslinger. Yeah, gunslinger. So, tangentially, tangentially related to Blizzard. So, obviously, one of the games that is theory coming out is Blizzard, not Blizzard Four, um, Diablo Four mm-hmm. someday. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see to me because one of the other big. Um, action RPGs very much like a Diablo is a game called Lost Ark. Uh, if you've not heard of it, it's actually been around. Is it like- ARK? Lost Ark ARK? I don't I th- know. think it yes. is. Yes. Yeah, okay. ARK. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and the game's actually been around since like 2012 or so. I mean, it's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's finally coming to open beta or private beta, some kind of beta. Um, in the United States, 2018. Next coming, I thought it was older than that for some reason. Uh, the, the, it was the, it was fully released in Korea in 2018. Okay. So the full um, release, the first full release was 2018. Yeah. And but it's finally coming. So March of 2022, it's coming to the United States. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because basically, any I've watched a couple of YouTube videos about it. And basically, any reviewers played it are like, this is the ARPG to play. Like, basically, everybody's like, yep, once this comes out, Diablo is dead. Not that Diablo, it's not like World of Warcraft, right? I mean, that's the moneymaker. Yeah. I think I feel like Diablo's been on the decline anyway since the really Diablo 3 was released. Um, hasn't been ascending anyways. But everything I've read is basically, yep, play Lost Ark, don't even worry about Diablo. So speaking of Diablo, uh, you know that the the team who's working on I think it's whatever the the redo of Diablo two, yep. uh, Vicarious Visions, yes, uh, they are getting a name change, and that name is they're going to be completely like sucked into Blizzard. They are going to become just Blizzard. Vicarious Visions the name will be no more and they will just become Blizzard, which is exactly what I said was going to happen. They're going to get rid of all that it's actually Blizzard and replace it with things that they're going to rename as Blizzard. You know, the really, to me at least, it feels like dumb part about that. Mm -hmm. So with all the sexual harassment stuff that came out about Blizzard is you had Vicarious, who was doing the remake. Yep. And so, obviously, one of the discussions that came out of that was, is it morally okay to basically buy Diablo 2, because we all find sexual, etc., reprehensible? Right. And one of the overwhelming responses 
which I was accepting of was basically Vicarious was a separate company from Blizzard. So really, you know, you're supporting Vicarious, not Blizzard. But in doing this, now you've basically eroded any ability to make that argument in the first place. Um, I mean, I get it. You're a big conglomerate who's going to gobble up everything. But at the same time, you think like now would actually be a time when maybe having a few subsidiaries with different names, even if they are Blizzard and everything by name, might not be the worst thing. See, but but here's but here's the problem. Here here's the thing to the average consumer, if they see Vicarious ver- Vision versus Blizzard, they're going to go Blizzard every single time. So sure. th- for the average consumer, that's what they're doing. Now for us who actually you know actually know a thing or two, we're thinking, dear God, this is this. This is ridiculously retarded. Oh, and by the way, speaking of uh, ex-Blizzard uh, individuals, there was a bunch of individuals who left Blizzard who were part of World of Warcraft, and they have formed a new company. <laughs> but there's one little caveat to that company. Would you Would like you... to take a guess, Zelius? Uh They're creating a new MMO from scratch. No. Now, well, I, I'm not exactly sure what they're doing, but but the thing that has gotten everyone's attention is that they're creating a company called Notorious Studios, where currently all employees are male, and the only female is a dog in the office. Mm-hmm. And they are stressing this point. So like, really. Basically confirming what we already have come to find out about Blizzard. Yup. What they were or are or was were. I don't even know anymore. I'm just like, um, seriously, like, like th- this is your, you know, your, your, your stamp of honor is that you've created a company where there can't be any sexual harassment unless it's bestiality. <laughs> like what the, f- I'm, I'm, mm, well, mm, you went there. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, Blizzard's a dying, a slow and marketed death, basically. This Activision is strangling Blizzard to death. I still yeah. think that if Activision and Blizzard had never done that merger, I think that Blizzard, in my honest opinion, would still be in a much better place. Now, I understand the financial security that, you know, coupling with, with you know, something like an Activision or an EA or an Ubisoft... I'm sure that that's phenomenal, uh, you know, like monetarily, but I think that Blizzard has been strangled to death as a result. Or, of course, we also sit here and we're like, damn it, Activision, why don't you just let Blizzard be Blizzard and they'll still make you buckets of billions of dollars. Unfortunately, no, that's not how the world works. Activision Um, needs the game now. No, yesterday. Yeah, I know. Uh, It sucks. Um... yeah, there, I don't. There is no good outcome of this, other than other. But at the same time, we are seeing like state. You know, for me, the staple of action RPGs was always like the Diablo series. I even enjoyed Diablo three quite a lot, right? Uh-huh. But now you're seeing other companies like I've been playing. I played previously was Last Epoch a lot. Mm-hmm. You have. Um, Oh my gosh, what's the really big... Uh, Path of Exile. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Lost Dark now coming to stateside. So, you know, um, on the MMO side, you have 
I mean, really, Final Fantasy XIV is very much a World of Warcraft clone in terms of that style of combat and crafting, and yet, basically, by every... <coughs> Bless you. <laughs> Excuse me. Video game review metric, it's a better game. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what Blizzard used to do so well, it's like, you know, they're failing at that, but now other companies are stepping into that void, which is what you hope kind of happens, right? Somebody, you know, starts sucking. Well, another, it fills, there's now a void for somebody else to fill for the gamers to enjoy. See, and this this is kind of the the blessing of when you have a powerhouse studio who makes like, you know, the uber awesome popular uh, ARPG, which of course is action RPG or JRPG, which is a Japanese RPG, which is more elongated or uh, your real-time strategy games or whatever. It's the genre and you can, and, and bunch of uh, many different companies could come in with different takes on it and, and basically gain the crown. Whereas the, when you have a company like EA sports, who has the exclusive rights to a sports game and they start shitting all over everything. You don't have that company that could step up or challenge them. So for innovation, because they've got the freaky contract. It would be, yeah, I, that's actually a good point. It would almost be like you had like, you know, in some imaginary world, you know, a parallel universe where, I mean, hypothetically it could have happened if like video game, genres were copyrighted right i mean think about it in our very litigious copyrighted world an alternative universe genres are copyrighted uh, by whoever invented them right um and i know obviously world of warcraft we know is not the first mmo nope. but imagine world of warcraft or blizzard had copyrighted the mmo right genre. yeah it would always be the same really is what's happened with I think to your point, like Madden football, is nobody can really innovate in that, so it just ends up being a giant pile of crap. And that's almost like what's happened with World of Warcraft. They just don't have the monopolistic platform of which to still rely on versus like Madden does, so people can continue to buy it because there's no other alternative, really. But at least with like an MMO, now we can go play something else like Final Fantasy XIV because your game became a piece of crap. Right. No, I mean, and and the fact of the matter is, there. I'm not saying that there. There's never been companies out there that have tried to make rival products against, you know, like a, a Madden or whatever. But the problem is, without the license, you can't get the actual teams. And the vast majority of individuals who play sports games, they want to play as their favorite team. They don't want to play. Some people will like to create their own team, their own expansion team, but they want to play the other real teams. They don't want to play a bunch of mythological, randomly made teams. They want, you know, they want to fight against uh, the 49ers or the Ravens or whatever. So I'm trying to remember. So one of the games I loved was NFL Blitz. Yes. But I'm trying to remember, like, did they have it had the, the NFL license? That's why I could not remember. Did it have the NFL license or not? It was what I was trying to quickly find. I could not remember if it did or did not. Um, because uh, I love that. I mean, that game was hell of a fun, but it also gave enough, I think, of a spin on it. Like it was not your traditional, realistic 
version of football. It was like a fun, you know, smash him up, go kill the quarterback type of game. It was uh, until 2005 when they lost the uh, the the rights, uh, and then they became yeah. Blitz the League, where they then had their, you know, their their random things. But before that point, they did have the the license. So you had, I think it was like five v five, and you could use like defensive tackles to basically butt pound someone to the ground. It was amazing. Uh, but that was it created an interesting element in that genre though that people enjoyed which seems to have now dried up and not exist anymore um because they lost that you know the monopoly is there basically now right. in terms of football so i mean it's almost a perfect case study in terms of why do monopolies strangle innovation is really what it comes down to because they like the monets well, <laughs> yeah, obviously, yes, the monopolistic company obviously loves their own monopoly because they just print money without having any cost. Exactly. When you have no competition, all you got to do is put out a product and ta-da, money. Yes. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, I do want to take a quick pause real quick and do Friends of the Show because these guys are amazing individuals that help us do this show and allow to exist every single day. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. If you'd like more information, go to IndieCluster.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-E. Whoops. I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-S-T-E-R.com. Now, of course, yes. the next person that we, the next organization we have to thank is the one and only Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously Watkid47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. And to be totally honest with you, I feel like they usually do AEWA, but I don't know if I don't think they're doing it this year. I saw them posting about um, MomoCon hotel stuff recently. Yeah, well, they're, they're yeah. So, right. but based off of that and not being AWA, that'd be my assumption. Yeah. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, the last one we have to thank, of course, is Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on the mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing patients sorry, healing clients, by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. If you want more information, go to www.herochiropractic.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, of course, since we did our friends of the show, I do have to do a quick, uh, some alter confusion uh, shouts, of course. 
This one is a little bit up in the air. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, for the 10th year straight, Ultra Confusion will be participating in Extra Life. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best game to help sick and injured children at their cho- their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to Children's Healthcare Atlanta our chosen hospital, as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Altered Confusion. Uh, I, let me, I'll give you an update on that real quick, uh, but let me do the Patreon thing real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, Altered Confusion... Survives on the love and support of fans like you. And so we have a patron page. Patreon lets you, the fans, supporters, lovers, haters, monsters, warlocks, demons, undead, extraterrestrials, demigods, and more, to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. What this will give you is access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. And this will allow us a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger career. Now, of course, as I stated earlier in the show, there are two, currently, one, two, uh, levels that you can uh, subscribe at. The first one is the $1 level, which is $1 a month or $12 a year. And what that will get you is the early access to all the playthroughs and then any of the patron-only posts, which could involve some polls and some other information that's exclusive for people like you. And of course the, uh, then there's the $5 tier, which is $5 a month or $60 a year. And not only will you get all the stuff that I just previously mentioned, but you'll also gain your name or organization into the thank you section of every single Thursday night hangout. Now, to kind of go back on about the extra life thing. So extra life is going to happen November the 6th. Uh, Historically, Alter Confusion has done it a uh, 24-hour gameathon on uh, uh, sorry, on November the 6th. This year, I may not be able to do that. I will do the 24-hour gameathon, but I may not be able to do it specifically on that day, and that's simply because I may be at my grandfather's funeral. So I will. I will not. I will not you don't be think gaming. It's appropriate to have your switch like at the funeral. I'm just saying it's for the kids. Exactly. But anyways, uh, so I I, you like you're at the funeral, just point kids, kids, man. So the 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 fact of the matter is, or the moral to the story, or I guess the conclusion of the story is, I will be doing my 24 hour gameathon. I it just may not actually fall on the the official day this year. So just a heads up. I hear you, man. Okay. This so will happen tonight. Uh, no. To start. Screw it all. So uh, I just saw a, an interesting uh, news article that just popped up and it has to do with Zelius's new favorite game. If that is new world. And uh, apparently there is an invincibility glitch uh, <laughs> that is causing quite the stir, which, uh, allows players to take zero damage as long as they wish. I'm not exactly sure how they do it, but apparently it's quite the thing. I saw people chatting about that the other day in world chat. And uh, so the first thing I'll like, it's the stereotypical, terribly stupid, toxic, dumb, obnoxious 
global chat like most MMOs. Um, that's why some MMOs don't have chat is because of games like this. Yep. Um, but people did mention some stuff like about invulnerability glitches. Um, I don't know that one. I know the Ice Glove one. I mentioned that one. But as far as the vulnerability, I don't know that one. Um, I, yeah. Apparently, it's something to do with the dodge roll. Well, the big problem, again, with a game like this, with invulnerability, like, it's one thing it's, it's against PvE, right? Yep. Okay, you invulnerability to boss, so you get maybe you're a little quicker than the other players. But life honestly goes on. Right. But a game like, you know, New World, where PvP has a material impact on your gameplay, kind of like we're talking earlier about even, like, travel cost and taxes, because mm-hmm. you also get taxed based on who's in charge and things like that. Winning and losing PvP has a very direct effect on your gameplay experience. Um, even if you're not PvPing, the outcome of those still affect you in your gameplay. Right. So, yeah, like figuring out, and I'm fully supportive of if a player partakes in those glitches, the ice glove or the vulnerability, the gold hack, get the freaking band hammer. Like, you're done. Um, now, I can understand... I understand. I can understand that if if you do it once, maybe you did it by accident. But if yeah. you're constantly going, you know, all of a sudden you're going through battle after battle after battle, and you're like Superman, or your your bank is just like overflowing, or whatever, then yeah, ban the crap out of them. Or okay, so what about this? So here's what I write on mm-hmm. is. You know, in the case of this, there's like 50 versus 50 PvP. Yep. So what if an entire guild to win that fight uses that exploit? Ooh, ban the... Just drop the that, entire guild. I think that's more so what's happening. I, think, I, I mean, yes, I'm sure there's individuals who are abusing it. But from what I'm understanding, it's more so, you know, groups of guilds or maybe like a select you know, contingent within there are doing this yeah. to then enable the entire guild to, or company as it is new world to easily win that game or fight through, you know, really judicious use of the exploit. Um, so now I would, I would have, I definitely would have a problem with that with, if, if you and a large group are making a concerted effort to try to, Basically, piggyback off a glitch to make you all power and powerful and uh, supreme. That tells me you know what you what the hell you're doing, and you know that you should be in trouble, and you should get in trouble for that. Yeah. Uh, if yeah, if it's an indi- like I said, if it's an individual thing, sure, mm-hmm. maybe like you know, one strike warning. But after that, you know, ban hammer. But if you like an entire team on a PVP battle all of a sudden tries to utilize an ex- exploit, that entire guilt, I would get rid of all the members that are currently, I would disband the guild and remove all the, the and then ban all the characters that are currently partaking in that battle. Yeah, I like it. I think the reality is, is if, you know, guilds or companies are known to do this, and there's no repercussions for what they did, then 
if I'm in charge of the other company, I'm like, well, why the hell are we doing this? Right, uh, right. I mean, I, that's, I, that's, that's, you know, that's winner thoughts 101 is if they're cheating and they're not getting into trouble, well, yeah. what the shit? I mean, it's just basic Cuban psychology. <laughs> Everybody uh, wants to be top dog. And if people are being top dog by cheating and doing dumbass shit and they're not getting, maybe they get a slight slap on the wrist or they don't get anything at all, everyone's going to want to do it. And then that's how you make something super duper toxic. Well, and the tough part is, though, I mean, if you think of a lot, like if, you know, I'm playing Charlie and he's cheating at a game. Well, unfortunately, which I never would, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I've, I don't cheat in games. Nope. He's totally honest at all times. Um, Fine. I screen hacked. I okay. Jesus Christ. The, the, I did that I all the game. time at GoldenEye. Okay. Damn it. On an even playing field, is I have to cheat. No different in MMO. Like, if the entire company is cheating, then what other choice do I kind of have to compete with them is to cheat? Either join them or leave the game. Yeah, that's true. Which is unfortunate, but that's the yeah. reality. Or cheat. Yep. Yeah, that's that's no. No, are you telling me I shouldn't cheat? I would hope that it, every individual wants to enjoy the game as it is intended. Now, of course, we've had this argument several times, and I'll bring it up again. If you utilize the exploits of a game on an in an online environment where you're basically interacting and affecting individuals around you, in my opinion, it's different than if you're utilizing glitches and crazy shit in a single player thing where you're basically, you know, fucking your, your own account over or, you know, I guess enhancing it for me. Like yeah. as soon, as soon as there is an effect outside of myself, then no. Now, of course I'm, I'm not one who utilized, you know, utilized a lot of bots or cheats in single player games. Uh, but I will say that there was this one, uh, there was this one program that came out. I think it's around Diablo two, or maybe it was Diablo one, that basically you could create any item uh, and then drop it into game, so you could be like uber awesome, 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 awesome. I want to call it what was it called? Like the. It's not the Diablo Forge, but something close to that. I might actually, I might actually have the disc. Well, no, I probably don't have the disc anymore. But you know, yes, I I utilized that. I remember, and I remember playing the original Diablo with all the gold dupes. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, when we were what was that sixth, seventh grade in middle school, we just thought it was cool. Like, dude. We can duplicate gold. We just thought it was like a really neat to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a cool thing. It wasn't a must. Mm -hmm. Whereas now is you you feel that you have yeah. to utilize if if people are using like especially in an online environment, they're utilizing some kind of currency uh, exploit, then and they're not getting penalized for it, then you're like, Well, what the shit? Yeah. They're getting. They're basically able to deck out their entire 
um, you know, armor set or whatever, uh, in about a fourth of the time that it takes me because I'm actually grinding the correct way. The correct way. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Mm. I just don't know. Okay. That's why kids should never cheat. And if they do, burn their eyeballs out. That'll teach them. Because then you'll yeah. see your friend. And you'll be like, dude, what happened to your eyes? You're like, I cheated. But well, I'm not cheating. See? Oh, you know? boy. But that would open like, up a, a very, very scary can of, of uh-oh. Uh, I mean, that, or maybe it's a good Halloween costume. I don't know. Um, oh, crap. I was going to say something. Now I can't remember what it is. Oh, okay. Did the eyeball scare you? No. No. Okay. On Netflix, you can now watch the entire run of the original Cowboy Bebop, both uh, subbed um, and dubbed. And this, of course, is in anticipation for the live-action Cowboy Bebop, which is coming next week, t- next month. Just give so me the fucking thing, already, man. I, I need to know. Play the entire, did you already watch it all today? The entire thing? I I didn't watch it all today, but I think I'm basically three-fourths of the way through. As soon as they released it on Netflix, I just binge-watched I love Cowboy Bebop. How long is Cowboy Bebop? 26 episodes. Is that it? Mm-hmm. There's only like one season? Yeah, they're... Back in the day, lots of anime basically just had that 26-episode run. They didn't try to pull a one-piece, which is that... Oh, my God. I think um, one-piece episodes. I want to say they're they're close to 1,000. But let me double-check here real quick here. Uh, they have... Uh, shit. They are currently at, okay, so that's 900. Are you shitting me? I'm no. sorry. They're at 999 episodes. Jeez. Is it going to be like a special party for 1,000 episodes? I'm sure there will be. The thing is, they back in the old day of anime, you had 26 episodes to tell an entire story. Some animes succeeded. Other animes made me want to punch them in the nuts. Repeatedly. <clears throat> Berserk. But my nuts, don't crush them. And then I saw the OVAs, and I'm like, all right, cool. They have this uh, Age of the Egg, or Golden Egg Arch, or whatever, one, two, three. I watched them. Okay, they didn't They didn't tr- completely dick me over, like the, the original run of the anime, which gave me, like, the main character in the way future, they took that part out and basically started in the past and built up to where the original anime left off. You're just like, oh, but anyways, makes me want to go rewatch record of Lotus Wars. That was like my classic. Which one? The original. Ah, very good. Very good. That's the one you lent me years ago. I gave them like, both to you. Yeah. Four to five disc, if I remember. I think they were, I think in total they were four to five discs. Because I think the first one was three and the second one was two. Maybe. I, think. I don't remember. Or maybe the other way around. Anyways, Regular Lotus Wars was also phenomenal. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so Cowboy Bebop, the live action is coming soon. And I've watched, I've watched the trailer. And I'm going to say that in the very small chunk that was basically displayed in the trailer, I think the guy who they selected as Jet looks like he can competently pull off Jet. He's African-American where Jet really wasn't African-American in the anime, but I think that works. The, 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 the female they got to, uh, they picked for, uh, Faye Valentine looked like she could actually play Faye. And of course the actor that they chose to play Ayn is an actual Corgi, which is <laughs> what Ayn is in the anime. That would be awkward if they got like a St. Bernard. Well, I mean, that's, that, that's the thing though. You know, it, it's, it, it would be like, what uh what transformers did what michael bay did to transformers where bumblebee is a fucking vw bug not a what was it uh corvette or charger whatever the fuck it became i don't know i don't think that's as extreme i think the corgi to any other breed would have be as it's a black lab now what it's a black lab now. Yeah, like that. I think that would have been a chihuahua because we want to be happy. Yeah, no. No. Uh, a pit bull, so it's nice and fierce. No, it's got it's got to be cute and cuddly, but obnoxious. So Shih Tzu. And handheld. November 19th is going to be the first episode. I, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I need to see this. I feel like all the individuals in the trailer gave me the good feels, except John Cho, who's playing Spike Spiegel. I need to actually see this to see if he can actually pull off Spike. Because I could feel, like I said, I could feel Faye. I could feel Jet. Of course, I could feel Ayn. Do they have Ed? I'm just starting to think about it. is, Is Ed even in there? God, that'd be weird if they don't have Ed. Well, I'll find out. I'm sure you will, sir. Now, of course, for those who are interested, um, Ed and Cowboy Bebop. I'm going to say his full name uh, just for you. Is it a special name? Oh, yeah. Edward Wong Howe Pepulu Tavaruski Fourth. That is quite the name, sir. He gave it to him. She gave it to herself. Which, by the way, I, oh, spoiler! If you haven't watched the anime, uh, which I think we're outside of the spoiler thing, Ed is a girl. So not to be confused with Edward. Although she does go by Edward. Ah, well. Uh, mm. What was, what is exactly she? Um, oh yeah, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. Oh, Radical Ed is what they call, uh, Radical Edward is what is his hacker name before they actually introduce him on the show. Well, there you go. So, okay, so Zealus, you're playing New World. You play anything else? That's currently my only game of choice at the moment, good sir, other than weird little iOS games. Hmm. I, of course, like I said, I played a game called Roki. I played all the way through it, recorded the playthrough. And if you are a patron, you get to see the early access of the um, 
the playthrough, probably tomorrow, starting tomorrow. Uh, you'll have the entire slate of it. Uh, I, I've completed that game. I also completed a game called Game Deck. I actually completed it about 10 minutes before the show, uh, which I, it's another great game I highly recommend. I've got a shit ton of, of reviews to write. That's all I have to say. I've got a, I've got a ton of reviews to, to write. I've also been playing a little bit of Warhammer 40K, Inquisitor Ooh. Prophecy. Interesting. And it's an, it's an interesting game. I really fucking wish it's it's third person, like three quarter view. I really wish I could just pull that camera down just a little bit so I could get a little bit of better view in front of me. Cause it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, I mean, I get to kill lots of bad guys. What's wrong well, with that? Uh, so I'm enjoying that. The story, eh, it's okay. Did they give you like actual lore information or is it just like, no, I, I've, I've actually got like, I'm I'm on a mission to try to figure out that like there's a rogue sect of Marines out there who who have a tech priest that are lots of jargon, which is in Warhammer 40k. If you don't know Warhammer 40k, I'm basically speaking Greek to you. But there is there is a, a, an underlying story. Now, of course, there is a shit ton of side quests, which is just kind of like they're bad guys that showed up here, kill them, or there's this one bad guy in this area. We have to get to him before he can escape. Or there's a bunch of bad guys about to attack this area. Defend it. Your usual. So. But yeah. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I believe we have reached the end of our show. So I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zealus, it's been a pleasure giving everything come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother.